Hey, how are you? It's Mary Bicknell. Welcome to Lead a Life Uncommon, where every Monday you're going to get a little biz bite to start your week off right. And then every Wednesday, we're going to deep dive into all things personal growth, where my goal is to help you have an aha every single week. You know, this podcast is for you, for the woman who's the go-getter, who knows there's more inside. And you know what? You're ready to smash through that self-imposed glass ceiling so you can finally see what you're made of. Ready? Let's go. Have you ever had that moment where you think, oh my God, I'm so burnt out. And then you're like, you know, this burnout thing's been going on for a while. Today, we're going to be talking about the stage past burnout. I personally think it's being fried. Fried is the official state past burnout. So let's talk about how to handle that today. Let's give you some new insights, some new ways to look at making sure, first of all, that you don't even get to the burnout stage, but God forbid that you get past that. Ah, take a breath. But first I want to really thank you for going in and giving me some five stars. I really am so grateful and so honored that you are listening out there. JL Gnome says, perfect for the female entrepreneurs that want more out of life. Mary has a way of putting things in perspective that gets you thinking and taking action. Wonderful podcast with actionable steps to lead a life uncommon, to truly lead a life uncommon. Thank you, JL Gnome. I hope that you reach out to me and screenshot that because I have an incredible training that's coming up to be able to give you a copy for it. Okay. So when we think about burnout, it's really what we're talking about, right? Is like overwhelm, overload, stress, exhaustion, Ugh, you know, and I want to say that some of the other emotions that are around that, it's, it's like feeling that moment where you're wondering whether you're freaking drowning. Have you ever had that moment where it's like, I cannot do any more. And so of course there's a lot of contributing factors to this. And, you know, I had a hard time coming up with the title for this because, you know, the conversation around this burnout, exhaustion, overwhelm, et cetera, can come from a few angles, right? Burnout from work, burnout from your family, from relationships and so on. Um, in fact, make sure to listen to a Biz Bites Monday down the road. We're going to talk about how to support your team so they don't get burnout. So for those of you who own companies, own businesses, we're really going to talk about some things to put into place to support your team. But today, though, I want to give you some answers for yourself, for your personal life, to help you move through and out of this state of being fried. So I really coined that because I see it's such an epidemic. And, and I think that so often we're like, I'm so burnt out and I'm so burnt out. It's really like some catchphrase now. And, and of course, we're still in, the, in neck deep in COVID. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm exhausted from COVID, right? And, and I, I don't even, I, I haven't had it. I don't know anyone who's died from it. I have clients who've had it, families who've had it. And God forbid, you know, we get it and get ill. And I know that there's plenty of you out there who've had something catastrophic happen, whether it's no job, you've gotten it, family members, all the things. And so I think that we're in this state collectively as well of pushing right up against burnout between, you know, politics and the pandemic and and all the wildfires and natural disasters. God dang it. Hold on. I got to get a sip of my pumpkin spice latte. It is a lot. 
it's a lot. So let's all take a collective breath because I know I need that. Just, just rattling through that list. So let's turn this around, okay? Because by the end of this, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through some uncommon action steps like we always do every single episode. Because remember, I want to support you in your success. And part of burnout is like living in a mediocre state or worse. And let's remove that. Let's remove that. By the end of this, you're going to have some action steps, some things to think about, some suggestions for change. You know, sometimes burnout really is noticeable, isn't it? When you're an overachiever. When you're an overachiever, it's almost like if you looked up, and I did not, usually I do, I did not look up, what's it like to be burned out? And I did not look up overachiever. But I want to, I want to, you know, press your button a little bit. And if you claim yourself to be an overachiever, because I certainly do, right? I'm very successful. And there are moments where I go, 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 go. Um, in fact, my husband even says, like, I rarely sit down. And I'm like, that's not even true, right? And we're going to talk about that another day where it's like, um, how do people perceive you? And how does that compare with how you perceive yourself? That's going to be a super fun conversation. I'm actually debating whether to interview my foxy, silver fox, um, gorgeous husband, right? That's for another day. But today I want you to think about, are you an overachiever? You know, I want you to see that you have so many opportunities, right? So much potential for being an overachiever without the burnout without being fried, without being overwhelmed, without just bathing in stress. I want to help you see that today. So really burnout is that long-term high level of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion that really leads into those fried adrenals, that poor sleep. And we're going to talk about some of the symptoms of it, some of the, some of the signs. Cause sometimes, you know, us overachievers, we just, we just, you know, just barrel on through. We just keep going. And yet we, we were in denial about the signs of our own burnout. And frankly, I've crashed a couple of times. I've gotten in that fried state where, where it's just, you know, it's just, I, I, I just wanted to throw everything away. I just was, I, I didn't organize my life in a way that could mitigate the stress. Okay. So that's what we're going to talk about today, how to actually do that and do that consistently and not fall asleep. Right. So I'm not saying that things don't happen. I mean, honestly, obviously, you know, some of us are in the sandwich generation where we're still taking care of kids and, and our parents are ill or dying. Um, and we're working, right? We're with big careers. We're at this stage of life where we have these big careers. So I'm not saying that things don't happen or won't happen. This is really um, helping you learn how to navigate them. And it comes down to this. This is part of it. Now, again, I want to separate the difference between, you know, you're an employer, you're helping your, your staff um, with stress. We're definitely going to talk about that. And you're probably, you may be an entrepreneur, you may be a business owner listening, or you may be in a job. And sometimes there's going to be hard decisions that you have to make regarding your own well-being when it relates to being fried. And the hard decisions start looking like, where's the line in the sand for you? Where do you have boundaries that you are 
finally ready to have strong so they're not being crossed. Where are you actually choosing the best place to spend your time? And here's the other thing. So take this in, ready? Let's take a collective breath. Whew. Just like I said, there's seasons in your life where getting a, you know, you're getting a lot of stuff done and it might take hours or weeks or months to accomplish something big, right? Just like you might, you may not be in the sandwich generation taking care of kids and your elderly family while you're, you know, cranking out a killer career, you might be, you know, in that state of a lot of little ones, a lot of sticky fingers, a lot of diapers, and a lot of like physical sensations, people touching you all day long and just give yourself a break. Don't touch me. Right. And we want to be conscious of, and I I don't want to just be like really good self-care. This is not a big self-care podcast. No, this is not what it is this is not part of that conversation. It goes deeper than that. As a success coach, a business consultant, a leadership mentor for women, you know, I only work with go-getters and these high achievers and these women who have done big things, are doing big things, will be doing bigger ass things. And often they just minimize their accomplishments and downplay them. And here's the deal. I think this, here's the, let pay attention. Ready? I believe strongly that when we minimize our accomplishments, that supports the state of burnout. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say it differently. When we think, oh, it's not that big of a deal, that thing that I did, which by most anybody's standards would be pretty badass and pretty rock and roll, it contributes to you staying in a state of burnout denying the work that it took to accomplish a goal only sets you up in the future to thinking that you, that pace that you've had to accomplish that goal is what is always required. Now, the truth is there are times it is required, right? Of course. And yet I want to challenge you today to actually consider, is it, is the foot slam down on the gas required is a hundred hour a week required is it what is burnout what is stress is it dissatisfaction with life like how do you personally define it see when you start learning to define these things in your life that's when you start being more empowered when i started defining what the hell is burnout and when it like what's it start looking like How am I knowing I'm going down the path of burnout? How do I know I am at stress before I hit the wall? That's what we're talking about. Before you hit the wall. Look, when I'm, I'm this kind of person, right? I'm an introvert. I'm an only child. And, you know, I wish you were here drinking this amazing pumpkin spice latte. River made this um, pumpkin... I don't know, whatever, this pumpkin seasoning goop that is in the refrigerator. And I threw, uh, right now I'm recording this and it's a Friday night and uh, she's off playing, uh, she's off cheerleading. And I'm sitting here with you thinking, oh my God, it would be so cool if you were here. It's fall. Um, I'm going to have a fire in a fireplace in a little while. Anyhow, why did I just share that little bit with you? Part of it for me is just stopping for a minute. Even if it's saying, oh my God, I want to acknowledge this pumpkin spice latte that my daughter made. Again, 
sometimes it's the small things when we take a moment to really be present that we don't fall into the trap of the burnout and the stress and being dissatisfied with life. But here's the bottom line too. I think that all of that, and I think there's so much on working on other people's agendas. I think that when we're cranking things out and doing, 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 and giving ourselves these ideas that we have to do whatever the hell it is, we have to, we have to, we have to, oh my God, I've got to, I've got to, you know, it's that, it's like, whose agenda is that? Whose agenda? I think being fried comes from a state of not listening to your true knowing, the true callings of your heart, the real deal you that's trying to show up. I think, again, A, when you minimize your accomplishments, you add to your own state of burnout because you force your brain to think that that you must be bigger, bolder, go for it, go for it, go for it. And of course, I'm all about being bold. Have you listened to those first several um, episodes talking about the acronym BOLD, being a brave, outgoing leader, deciding to lead a life uncommon? So of course, I, I want you to go for it. And yet, when you're really not showing up like the real you, and you're living a lie, you're living in the facade, you're living in the mask, all underneath the weight of all the roles, all the 59 hats. I want you to have this picture. This is what I really, this is one of the things that I do inside the Lead a Life Uncommon program. I'm just going to give you a little tidbit of one of the visualizations. We do a lot of visualization. We do a lot of identity work. We do a lot of connecting with your future self. We do a lot of like connecting the parts of yourself. We do a lot of dreaming. We do, and then we do a lot of the tactical, the planning, the strategy, the how-to. But here's one of the things that I taught, I love to talk about is I want you to imagine yourself, right? I want you to see yourself. You're in your home, your beautiful, amazing home. That should be a sanctuary, not a place of chaos, but a sanctuary. And you're getting ready for the day and you have to go out. And as you get to the door, I want you to imagine in your mind's eye surrounding the door are all of these masks. All of these masks and they have labels on them. Mother, friend, lover, sister, brother, or not brother. Well, maybe brother. I don't know. Um, business owner, CEO, you know, volleyball driver, um, you know, all of these masks. And there's one that rarely gets picked up. And that is the real you mask. That's the real you. We have all these other masks we put on and we never really pick up and we never make sure that the real us is always on. Why? Why? Why is that one not always on? It's permanent. We can get rid of all the other masks. When you're the real deal you, at first, it's not always easy when you've been living a facade and when you've been wearing all those masks or, or, or falling prey to all those roles or living to somebody else's agendas or minimizing yourself. But what the reality is, is the more that you can be the real you, the less stressed you will be. Now, I don't know how this works. I want to feel, I wish I could just be like, this is how it works and this is the magic behind it. But there's something about when you, and people call it like being, being, um, in integrity, being in alignment, listening to your soul, listening to your purpose, listening, like it's all of those things. So I, I can't put one word to it, but see, this is the thing. You have glimpses of when you are the real you. 
And that's when it, that's when you're in your genius zone. That's when it's flow and ease. That's when things just come to you. You know, I also think that if you're like most women, you've probably had zero examples how to be completely honest with yourself about what you want. You've been told to put yourself last. And logically, that leads to being fried. I mean, let's be honest. This is not like, you know, all of you out there could write a book on dieting, all women, right? This is how we're beaten up in a society. We could all write like how to lose 10 pounds. You might not implement it, but you know what to write. I think the thing that happens is, you know, like we know traditionally we've been told to put ourselves last. So logically, if we are the last on the list of things to do to be taken care of, obviously we're going to end up tired, fried, exhausted, and probably bitchy, upset, depressed, feeling sad. Not speaking up and being your real self is stressful and exhausting. And it leads to being fried. Look, I want you to get this. I want you to get that taking shitty care of your mind leads to being fried. Taking less than excellent care of your body leads to being fried. Being in toxic relationships, whether that's with your mom, your your friends, your husband, your lover, your freaking dog, a job, being in toxic relationships leads to being fried. Being afraid to trust someone to help you because maybe you've had traumatic experiences with people and you don't trust leaning on somebody. You don't ask for help. This all leads to being fried. You get the picture. Being fried is a terrible state to exist in, being burnt out. And I know you're out there listening to me and you are. I know it because every single day when I'm working, this is what I hear. I'm going to share some examples of some of the things that women say. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some of the things that women say. And I want to give you some examples of what it looks like to be fried. I'm going to give you just a couple today of what women say to hold themselves back. But pay attention to episode 19, the very next episode. I'm going to give you a laundry list. I'm going to give you a laundry list of what women say to hold themselves back and and how they perpetuate themselves being fried. But let's, let's talk just a couple today. And this is going to be, this is, I really want you to ask yourself, this is about, this is about bold truth day. I probably should call this like bold truth day. Have you asked yourself how you've contributed to the state of being burnt out or fried? And have you done it without blame? See, you may have had some impact yourself on being fried. And I'd like to open your mind and help you open your mind around what's true or not. Again. How have you, or have you asked yourself how you personally have contributed to the state of being fried and doing without blame? See, when you have contributed to the state of being fried out of your mind, exhausted, tired, and weary, and you do this without finger pointing to anything or anyone outside yourself, that's a game changer. Hey, look, I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth. I am a recovering finger pointer. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, it's kind of crazy to think about that now because I, 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 um, I value radical responsibility in my own life and it's so liberating. And see, the thing is, I didn't understand how liberating it is to just be responsible for my own life. I wanted to blame everybody. I was finger pointing, finger pointing, finger pointing. And, and somehow I, I fell to pray to the lie that that somehow 
will alleviate my feelings of stress. And guess what? It didn't. It didn't. It compounded it. It just made me feel worse. Why? Because the more I finger pointed, the more I was just chewing, 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 chewing on that shitty story whatever the blame story was, you know, I've howled at the moon about my mother. And I know I've shared on this podcast, we don't have a relationship and I'm fine with that now. And it was hard, but I've complained at through my life, right? That it was her fault that I learned to eat my emotions because I was a latchkey kid from age five to 13. How many of you remember general hospital? I mean, like Luke and Laura, Oh my God, right? I, I don't even know if her soap operas are still on. I swear to God, I don't even know. But here's what I would do. I would go steal money. Like I would come home. Like, you got to remember five-year-old, take a, take a break. Can you even imagine your five-year-old like going in, unlocking the door to their apartment and going in by themselves? Anyhow, you know, I used to steal money out of their um, coin, like their uh, piggy bank coin, you know, chest. It was this barrel. It was a green barrel. It was plastic. And it had this plastic um, plug at the bottom. And I would go get a knife and I would pry it open. And I would take out a couple quarters. And then I would walk down to the 7-Eleven all by my little tiny self. And I would either steal something or I would get Skittles. And then I would go back home and I would sit down in front of General Hospital and I would organize those Skittles and I would eat them because I was like, of course, I was afraid. I was afraid to be by myself. So General Hospital kept me company. I grew up in that apartment complex and, you know, by myself for hours, that's not always the best thing for a kid, right? So I would exhaust myself and just in this emotional frenzy. Now, granted, I've had tons of therapy. I've hired numerous coaches, so I've worked through this. But my point is I've worked through that to the, to the place today where there's no more finger pointing. You did this to me. You know, there comes a moment when you take radical responsibility for yourself And you have to recognize that the more you whip yourself up in this frenzied state of blame, the more you perpetuate the victimhood of yourself, right? Until I took ownership of that, the more I pointed the finger, the more I offloaded responsibility for my own mental well-being, the more I perpetuated the victimhood. I was just swimming around in it. And shit, I was doing all this while I was still remember being super successful. So if you're really successful, I like really pay attention here. You can have both states of being. You can be super successful and on many levels be really happy, but on the other end, you can be burnt out. There can be whispers where you're feeling proud of yourself. I want you to have more of those and not just whispers. So, you know, with being whipped up in that state, right? I was just striving for a super, to be super successful. And I pushed 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 for all this external validation that I didn't get from her. And when in reality, the only truly satisfying validation for my own success could only, of course, come from me. And I was usurping it by pushing harder and harder and harder and harder until I became fried. Because look, there are people in your life, my friends, that no matter how successful you are, they can't see you. And, you know, as I said earlier, you know, are you being the real deal you? Now, they may never see you. Now I can really say this. I have to work on this. I, you know, this is, this probably is some normal phenomenon that I didn't really fully understand until I had children. Right. So river is 15 and my stepdaughter from my former life, Sarah is 
a grown ass woman. And I have to remind myself, like she's 35, she's a grown ass woman. And yes, I was extremely young when I married her father, but she's like a grown woman. Now it's not that I don't know that she's a grown woman because we have the most brilliant, fabulous, delightful, oh my God, I could talk to her all day long conversations. I also see her as that little girl with the ponytail, just like River, who's 15. Of course, I still see her like the baby. I can still literally remember birthing her, not to be TMI, but you know, I can. And now she's, you know, three inches taller than I am. Brilliant. So I understand the dynamic that sometimes people don't see you. I strive, and if you're a parent, I want you to encourage you to strive to make sure that you are continuing to see your children as they evolve. And are you seeing yourself, more importantly, as you evolve? And are you evolving? Because we know that sometimes people have to hit a wall and sometimes being fried is what it takes to make a change. And sometimes people only wake up from their fried state after getting sick, after getting a divorce, getting fired, seeing friends disappear, keeping weight on, going bankrupt, having kids. They never want to see them having kids. I, I, I really said never want because there are people that have told me that they regret having their kids. That's a side note, another day. But they only wake up. Sometimes people only wake up when they have this moment where maybe their kids don't even want to come and see them. And they're like, why? Why? Now, most people never change. Let me tell you that. Obviously, that will never change. But sometimes people hold really tight on, here's another thing. So if you catch yourself saying something like, well, this is just who I am. Or I know I'm just a control freak. You need to reevaluate that right now. Wake up. I am calling you out. If you are sitting on your throne of this is how I am, or I know I'm a control freak and you are unwilling to make a change, you might as well stop listening to this right now. But I know you're listening because you don't want to feel like that. See, these are things that will contribute. This is how I am. It sounds like, you know, it's almost a contradiction, right? When I'm saying be the real deal you. And this is how I am. Of course, I want you to be how you are, except in these moments when you are doing something or being a person who isn't evolving, or you're not getting the thing that you want, or you're wondering why you're hitting the wall. Oh, I just work all the time. This is just how I am. No, it's how you've chosen to be. Oh, I'm just a control freak. I mean, I know I can be pushy. I can be, you know, assertive. I can be aggressive. It's just, I, you know, I'm a control freak. Where's your wall? Those two, two statements are going to cause you to hit a wall. So how do you recognize it? Let's just get to some of this so that you can be able to understand some common signs, but you know, of course you're unique. So I'm going to rattle through a couple things for you that are different, various ways to recognize. And I want to really support you. And you want to probably listen to this podcast over and over. So wherever it is, look right now on the timeline. I don't have it in front of me so that you know that you can go in and, and, and go through this list and ask yourself, really do this assessment. So what is your emotional state being expressed like when you're fried, right? Do you have anxiety? Do you feel depressed? Are you angry? Do you have unhappiness? Do you feel irritable? Do you almost feel like you're being out of control, right? Are your mood swings? Do you feel the, the emotional frustration? Is this a sign that you're getting closer to hitting that wall of being fried 
and burned out. Sometimes we have these mood swings because we do feel out of control. We feel very frustrated. We feel despondent. We feel like we don't want to. Why bother? What about what's happening physically for you? What's happening in your body? You know, are these headaches that you're having, are they because you're literally stressed? You, whether, it's, whether it's even like you're, you're clamping your jaw, you're furring your brow, you're not, taking, you're not drinking water. Like, what is it? How is your sleep? How are your dreams? You know, I, I hired this amazing woman and she is a Jungian analyst. And we would talk about my dreams and they were such, um, I used to have horrible horrible nightmares about my mother. I mean, and literally I can remember horrible nightmares from like when I was in third grade to today. Right. But what are those dreams telling you? They're a sign. I used to have terrible dreams when I was in the middle of a divorce about tornadoes. Like, Oh my God, I could just like, I literally right now, Oh, I can feel the dread. I can feel the dread. I can see the dread. There's the tornadoes. Like I literally five or six dreams just popped to mind. Are you tired? Do you have pain? I don't know about you, but I know I'm overworking when it seems like that, A, I can't roll my shoulders back or that my shoulders are up near my ears. Or when I'm typing too much, my left shoulder just kind of jacks up around my ear. I have to get up and make sure I'm moving around or I get, I'm, you know, I'm creative. There's times I want to be at the computer. There's times I'm typing and writing. What about this? Are you overeating or undereating? Do you have skin problems? What about alcohol? Are you drinking too much? Are you boozing too much? Are you drugging too much? Are you porning too much? How's your energy? Are you nauseous all the time? What about sex? Are you having great sex? Probably not if you're getting near fried, my friend. What's going on in your personal and professional life, right? Like, here's the truth. You may be working in a, co a company that the company culture has these ridiculous, unrealistic expectations. Maybe this, the staffing is short. Again, pay attention in the future when we talk about this on a Biz Bites um, for company culture and helping eliminate stress in your staff but maybe you don't have the support you need. Maybe you don't have the training or the tools needed. Maybe you are choosing, even as a business owner, entrepreneur to work these long hours. And while there are times that this appropriate, there's also seasons when, if, if that's your steady state of overworking, there needs to be some evaluation there, right? Poor concentration. Are you having a hard time getting focused at work? What about the impact on stress, overwhelm, burnout, and being fried? How's it going to impact your relationships, your love life, your friends, right? Are you being less social? Are you isolating? What about family problems? Is there an uptick in that? And are you feeling lonely? Even in a crowded room, are you feeling alone? How's your mental functioning? How's your brain? How's your mind? I don't know about you, but and I, I don't know that I've spoken about this publicly, but when I'm, one of the signs for me, when I'm just going, 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 and even if it's enjoyable, remember that you can be in a stress state and it's because there's good stuff, but it's taxing to your body. There have been times when I've been in a business launch where I've been writing and I'm just like, you know, I'm just having that creative flow. And even though it, it's coming, it's still a lot. 
And what happens when I hit stress, I start stuttering. And when I start stuttering, that is a significant sign for me that I've lost touch with the level of stress that I'm under because maybe it's still feeling good or like we're getting ready to take vacation. I'm trying to get a lot of stuff done. Da, 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 da. Are you bored? What about your soul, my friend, and your spirit? What's your connection to something greater? Do you feel apathetic? Are you disconnected? Do you feel like unforgiving, empty? How are you recognizing yourself, my friends? I want you to go back through this list and listen carefully and maybe write these things out for yourself. Here's the truth though. It's hard to recognize these things, man. It really is. We live in denial so much because we're told you better be a damn superwoman. You better bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan. You better do it all. You better make the money, you know, be great in bed, be the best mom, bake those brownies, take care of your parents. They're getting old, run them to all the doctor's appointments. Oh my God. And you're the chauffeur for everything else. How could you be, how could you be denying yourself right now? And you don't even know it. You may know it, but mostly you probably don't. I want you to think about this. So let's get clear on a couple things that you can, that like, let's talk about your schedule. Where on your calendar can you eliminate something? And look, I know that you can eliminate something. It may be uncomfortable for you to have to scratch something off or say no to something. Um, In fact, we just did a podcast on make your no, your no, and your yes, your yes. Go listen to that. I gave you some tips exactly what to say and how to say it. Where on your calendar do you have your time, like your me time? You know, as in your personal, do the things that you love to fill your own cup kind of time. Are you in a job you hate? Is there no way out? I know this is going to sound almost like I'm just, you know, Pollyanna-ing it, but sometimes we can look at the job that we hate right now. And if you could find one thing, to say about it that you're like, this is the job that's paying for my mortgage right now. So I'm going to appreciate it. And one day I'm going to be out of here. And that's the focus, right? Because when we just focus on, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. But then the question could be, do you have clear expectations? Do you have boundaries? Is it a toxic environment? Do you have the tools you need? Have you been trained? Do you need to ask your boss around that? Is your business running itself into the ground because you don't know how to run it effectively? So if you're a business owner, If you don't have a team and you think, oh, I can just do this all myself and you're a solopreneur and it's just you, Sally Jane, you're the only one that does the service. That's freaking incredibly stressful because then you can never take time off. You've not learned to leverage your business. That is definitely one of the things I can help you with. Leveraging your business, multiple revenue streams so that you can take a freaking vacation. Remember here, I say this all the time. If you are the only one in your business that's making money or delivering you a service, you are not really in business. You have bought yourself, created yourself a job, a job. And why is that? Because jobs can be eliminated. And if you got sick, your job would be eliminated. Really think about that. I know it's, it feels good and I'm not disputing that it feels good to create something, right? And to create your own business. And if you've done that rock and roll, but let me help you create a couple other ways that money's coming in that is not directly responsible by you. Maybe you're caring for an elderly parent taking care of kids. We talked about that. Do you, know, do you have an opportunity for them to, like, can somebody else carpool? 
can you hire somebody to go in once a week to take care of your parent and bathe them or what have you? Do you have compassion fatigue? Oh my gosh. Compassion fatigue is you're working in an environment where you literally have nothing left to give. That's exactly what happened to me. So some of you don't know, I have all these degrees. Well, one of the things that I did was I was a behavioral trainer, as well as being the uh, clinical social worker for more than 25 different nursing homes in Baltimore. So geriatrics was my area of specialty at one time and, you know, true um, severe mental disorders. And I remember the day that I had to quit my job and I knew it was coming. It was like I could feel it coming, but it was that day that I just walked down the hallway. I just literally didn't have it in me anymore to answer the calls for help. I just, I legit did not have it. And then the snapping point was for me is when one of the caretakers to one of my patients was saying like, she's lucid. She knows what she's doing. And I just snapped and I just told her like, she needs to go get a job at McDonald's. I didn't say it that calmly, but I just had it. I just had had it. So what else can you eliminate that's causing you stress? We talked about the fact that we're all under the burden of COVID still. You know, that's so toxic. It's such a weight on us, right? Watching the news. Are you picking up your phone the very first thing in the morning? Who can you hire? Can you swap out something with a neighbor? Can you trade with a peer to help you do something? Can you ask a colleague to take a few of your hours? Can you create something that leverage your time? All right. This is not all about just read a book, take a bath. There's more. So here are your uncommon action steps besides going back and doing that assessment and really getting clear with yourself about your own signs and symptoms of burnout. But how can you tap more into the flow of life, the ease? Now, look, I believe that to do hard things, like some things are hard work, right? And yet I've defined hard work for myself about not grinding things out for hours, but I have to catch myself. Like I told you, because sometimes I don't catch myself. So I become more rigorous on making sure that I batch things. I do things that collect in a collective. I, um, although I'm recording this on a Friday night, I typically never work on a Friday. I just happen to be doing this tonight because John and river are, are out and I've been off all day, having a great day hiking with my husband and all the things. So it's fun for me right now. And I need to be conscious, right? Conscious of it because I could easily keep going and going and going and going. You know, I don't do hard, quote, hard work anymore just to get a pat on my back from somebody else. Here's how I've kind of also really tweaked my thoughts around stress, burnout, being fried and hard work. I choose now to think of hard work as being focused and diligent at my work. I've redefined the hard work, meaning I have to be stressed, overwhelmed, fried, and burned out to enjoy my successes. Like there, that that was the true, um, you know, labor to it. That was the true payoff. Like you know, how many of you have that? Like if you're not if you're not grinding this stuff out, and you're there's not a grind and the grit and the hard and the push and all that. That if you don't have that, somehow in your thinking the results that you have attained, the, the, the achievements, the successes, somehow they're not worthy. My friend, this is how I started this episode today about we deny, we minimize our successes. And that adds to it. This is exactly the point. 
Oh, all right. So no more proving your worthiness by being fried. No more needing to prove yourself to anyone else. Get real with yourself. If you can make one change today. So here's your uncommon action step that might be a challenge to really, really, really ponder. If you can make one change today, what would that be? Let's start with your thinking about your situation. Are you thinking this will last forever? Are you recognizing that this too will pass? Are you looking for a situation and thinking it's someone else's fault? Are you a finger pointer? Do you need to ask for support around your job? How do you need to have better boundaries? If you see yourself as controlling, can you be open to the fact that being controlling and being in control are two different states of being? Let me say that again. If you see yourself as controlling, right? Like this is just how I am. I know I'm a, I know I'm a control freak. Can you be open to the fact that being controlling and being in control are completely different states of being? Let me explain this. Being controlling is grasping hard out of fear, out of lack of trust, out of feeling out of control. And then all these things are outside of you are negatively impacting you. So you just hold on so tight to the delusion, the freaking delusion that you can influence people and situations. And you're just, oh, just like grasping. And if you're not sure whether you're controlling, just ask the people around you, okay? There's, that's completely different than the state I know you prefer to be in, and you may not know how. This is what we talk a lot about, that identity in the Lead a Life Uncommon program. How do you be in control, not being controlling? Being in control is being aware and conscious and vigilant with your thoughts, feelings, and actions. It's choosing to be in a state of being grounded, of feeling grounded, even in the face of chaos, which remember chaos leads to stress and overwhelm and burnout and being fried. See, it's because you are aware you have an internal control, meaning no finger pointing, but an internal control over your responses and your reactions. Really, being controlling is finger pointing and blaming and manipulating. And it always has a terrible outcome. And the people around you are unhappy as well. It's just, it's really, it's just a shitty, terrible, vicious cycle. And the other, there's zero finger pointing. And my friends, that's even, not even blaming yourself, not even beating yourself up. There's no finger pointing even to you. And there's zero claim on being a victim. And what it does is when you learn to be in a state of control, grounded, conscious, it solidifies the trust in yourself that you can handle things. Look, sometimes you need to get all this stuff on paper, look at it, be real with yourself. And if you continue to spin out, then it's time to help have somebody else get their eyes on it. And not your friend's eyes, not your mama's eyes, not your lover's eyes, but somebody who can help you see what you can't even see. Every single client that comes to me has a list of reasons why she isn't where she wants to be. And some of these are real reasons and some of them are excuses. So today I want to remind you that a reason leads to a solution and an excuse only leads to blame. Ask yourself, how often am I blaming, finger pointing, look outside, looking outside of myself? And how is this contributing to feeling more stressed, overwhelmed? And is this leading to being burned out and fried? Oh, this has been a full episode for you. A lot of juicy pieces here. Listen to it again. Ask these questions. Do the assessment. 
I believe in you. You deserve to allow yourself to be bold and lead a life in common. I'll see you next time. Bye now. Hey, you've been listening to the Lead a Life Uncommon podcast. I'm here helping you create a life to allow you to do whatever the heck you want to do whenever you want to do it. If you got some value out of this, I'm going to ask you, pop over and give a five-star review. Subscribe and share this with a girlfriend you know is ready to lead a life uncommon herself. And I want to give you a couple of things. Number one is pop over to marybicknell.com slash podcast. I have something called the guide to your hidden thoughts around money and success. You're going to uncover some good stuff there. It's a little workshop I'm giving to you. And another thing I want you to take advantage of is this exercise I did all around connecting with your evolved future self. You're going to love this exercise. It's going to be fantastic. In fact, when you're done, please, please, please go and tag me on Instagram or any of the socials and tell me what you thought. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say and I'll chat with you soon. Bye now.